Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. The road to Roland Garros continues on the red clay in Spain as we welcome you to TC Live from Madrid. We are just 28 days away from the year's second major in Paris. Here's what's coming up over the next 30 minutes. A big-time battle between Carlos Alcaraz and Grigor Dimitrov in the Magic Box filled with all the tricks. So who would make their opponent disappear in the end? Plus, Siga Sviante continues to prove why she's the best don't miss what she had to say to Prakash on our TC desk. And when will we see the King of Clay back on court? Uncle Tony has all the answers on if Rafa Nadal will be ready to play Roland Garros. Come on into the studios. Wow. Just like Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, we're saying wow. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer Jim Courier, and for the first time on TC Live, a big welcome to Andrea Petkovic. Thank you. Great to have you here with us. We, we talked about it in Charleston. We spoke it into existence. You Having you the, here on the desk. You know desk. what this is, ladies and gentlemen? This is a genuine IQ upgrade on TC Live. <laughs> We're good hands. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we can't have Andrea on the show without showing a, a little Petco dance, the 2014 champ, of course, in Charleston and breaking it down after every win, right? What do we call this one? Oh, I don't know. That was a long time ago. 2014 in tennis terms translated that 105 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. A, a century ago. Maybe uh, when we go in the last segment, we'll get a Petco dance uh, at the end of TC Live after a big win of your first show. Asking a lot there, Steve. Spe <laughs> speaking of big win, what, what a match we just saw. And you called it. You said this was going to go the distance from the start. Well, I expected some drama. I did not expect a Shakespearean drama. But here we are. Um, they had it all, the tears, the blood, the sweat, and we were there to witness it, so why not? <laughs> a tragedy for Holger Runa today. I don't think so. I mean, I said it in commentary. I think ultimately this will prove to be a positive for him, give him a little bit of rest as he looks forward to what's really important, which is Roland Garros. Of course, you want to do well at these Masters 1000s. They're hugely meaningful, but the life changer. The game changer is mm. Roland Garros, and he's played a lot of tennis on the dirt already. This ultimately, I think, a positive. It would have been soul-crushing for Fokina to lose that one, though. Yeah, at, at home, in front of those home fans. We'll have full highlights coming up here on TC Live, but we start with the top seed, the returning champion, Carlos Alcaraz, back in action today. Facing Grigor Dimitrov, Carlitos has won 16 straight matches in Spain, Jim. Yep, and he uh, he struggled in his opening set in his first match here against Rusevori, but came out a house of fire against Dimitrov and was in firm control in the set and early break. Looking good. Everything was working. Dimitrov was a bit flummoxed. He was trying to over-serve a little bit, and he was getting served. But he would flip the script in the second set. Dimitrov would grab an early break. He would get the 4-2 lead, flash in the forehand. But Alcaraz wasn't phased. He would get the break back straight away, using all of that speed and power. Look at the end of the range, how much speed he gets on that shot. It's amazing. 
And then at five all, Alcaraz would keep working some wizardry. They were some of the best shot making you're going to see in this second set from both sides of the net. A big lift from Grigor to match the Spaniard, but not enough to stay with him. Match point for Carlitos. And he would just bring out the weapon, the drop shot, finishing him off. It's so special. Won five of the last six games in this match. Now 17 in a row in Spain. Let's hear from Carlitos. What was the difference tonight? Did you just have too much firepower for him? Yeah, well, uh, I would say when we practice, it, it helped me uh, a lot, you know, uh, in, the, in the tactic, in the tactic game. Uh, what I had to do, but obviously I, I was I was focused on on myself all the time, you know, uh, trying to to hit the ball really really uh, clear and uh, with uh, a lot of power, you know. That's that was the, the goal uh, in the beginning of the match, but uh, obviously uh, trying to uh, play 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 aggressive all the time. Carlitos way, all he does is win 17 straight in Spain, 25 and two this year. 31 in six in Masters 1000 events since the start of last year. This, Andrea, was the first tournament last year when he was ranked inside the top 10. He can leave this event ranked number one in the world. You saw him play in Germany last year. What growth have you seen from Carlitos from then to now? Well, you know, I saw him in Germany last year in Hamburg, and it was the first time I actually felt the tension and the pressure from him winning all these matches, winning Miami Open, winning here in Madrid. And then all of a sudden you could feel that freedom that he had, that innocence. It kind of seeped away in Hamburg. He lost to Mazzetti in that final. He lost a strange match to Tommy Paul in Canada after that. But he bounced back in, at the U.S. Open. And the first time I saw that tension again on him, was here in Madrid in his opening round. There was something, just a lack of freedom, just a, a bit more tension in his, in his neck and his shoulders. And he bounced back much quicker than last year. He needed a few weeks last year. Now he bounced back in the next match. So what do you expect, Carlos Alcaraz, everyone? Yeah. It's funny because what he said after the U.S. Open, what was kind of feeling like he was restricted when he was playing in those matches you're talking mm -hmm. about. And he and Juan Carlos had a chat before Cincinnati and said, listen, you need to play with the same kind of freedom. Carlos felt like he wasn't playing as risky as he wanted to be. Yeah. And Juan Carlos just unshackled him, said, go have fun, be free, do you. And all of a sudden, he becomes a major champion. They might need to have that same conversation if that is happening, although it didn't seem like he was that player today. He seemed to be much freer. I don't know if you saw it that way. Yeah, I, I think he bounced back much quicker. I think he learned something from last year. And he reminds me a little bit of Anja Beur in that, uh, in that regard. She also needs to be happy on court. She mm -hmm. needs to feel the joy of playing the game. There are some people myself included, who needed to work the game, but others need to play the game. And I think Carlos Alcaraz is one of them. So when he feels restricted, when he loses the freedom, that's when he gets in trouble. But when he's free, is one of the best players in the world, maybe the best player in the world right that's now. Such a great point, because throughout this match, there were highs and lows. Mm -hmm. He was always smiling. He was. That, uh, by the way, Andrea Novak Djokovic online one for you. He'd like a word. That <laughs> <laughs> I, I said one of the best yeah, players. <laughs> and but could be right there at the end of this tournament if he defends his title. Let's move on to Andre Rublev in action today as well, having his best clay court start gym, a title in Monte Carlo, final in Bosnia, playing Yoshi Nishioka. 
who's won two of their previous three matches. Those all on hard courts, however. Yeah, and, and uh, that's surprising, by the way. But this guy's full of confidence, Rublev, and he is rocking the forehand. 16 winners on that wing today. He'd get up early in the opening set and just keep throttling that shot. Hovaruna actually says he's modeled his forehand on Rublev's, and that's a pretty good one to take as a model. So the first set, fine. The second set, more complicated. Nishioka just two points away. And look at this risky shot here at Deuce, 4-5 serving. And Rublev gets out of that jam and then would break right here at 5-all. One game later, and that would be the end of it for Nishioka, whose forehand falters there. Great serving as well from Rublev. Ten aces to go with those 16 forehands, so really clean tennis for the Russian. Yeah, 35 winners overall. Now 10-1 on play this year. He will play his friend Corinne Achinov in the next round. Beat him on the way to winning Monte Carlo. How about two-time Madrid champ? Alexander Zverev taking on one of the six qualifiers to reach the third round here. Hugo Grenier, Andrea. Yeah, and of course I get to call the German guy. I'm, I'm going to try not to use too much of a German accent. He played so solid today. No unforced errors at all. And then he knew when to accelerate and look at that beauty. And normally his backhand is the shot that always saves him out of trouble. His movement looks much better ever since she's reco he's recovered from that terrible injury last year at the French Open. And just a very solid performance overall. And in the second set, even more solid if that's possible from 6-1. And uh, Zasha Zverev, he loves a target. So if you're going to try and attack him and come to the net, it has to be a really good approach shot. And a double fault helps to end the match. 6-1, 6-0. You get better from 6-1, you, you bagel in, in the next set. 26 winners. Said he felt great in this match, did Zverev. So taking a look at... The sweet 16 on the men's side in Madrid. What do you like, Andrea? Well, I really love the Alcaraz-Zverev match. I think it's going to be a huge challenge for Zverev. He played his best match last year before he got injured against Carlos Alcaraz at the French Open. Mm -hmm. So I think he's going to try and evoke that memory from last year and try to find his footing again after that, that injury from last year. What about the opportunity at the bottom, Steve, there? Munor and Altmaier, Chorch or Davidovich Fokina. One of those guys is your semi-finalist. So avenue of opportunity down low there, but a rematch of the final from last year with Alcaraz and Zverev. I'm salivating already. That is a tasty fourth round there in Madrid. How about on the women's side, we got the world number one Iga Sviantec in action against American Bernarda Pera. The top seed would go down an early break, Andre, in the first. She did. Bernarda Pera came out firing, and that is the one thing that you can do against Iga is rush her so she doesn't have the time. But after that, it was all Iga Swiatek today. It was a very, very dominant performance today. She used the forehand. The forehand cross court is one of my favorite shots for her, but she can play it down the line too. And this volley, I would not recommend to try at home because she did not use her legs, but she does have the feeling in her hands, which we at home maybe don't. And this backhand down the line really opens up everything for Iga because she can use that forehand and play wherever she wants. And after that, Bernarda Pera just tried to rush the points. Such a solid and dominant performance from Iga Swiatek today. More winners, one-third the unforced errors, and then a talk with Prakash. Last year, the only thing people could talk about was this winning streak that you had. But it seems you're, you're even more mentally stronger, more relaxed, more peace of mind at this stage this year. Do you feel this way? 
Right now, yeah, I would say that I feel like I'm in the right place and I'm kind of focusing on the right things and um, like there's not a, a lot of stress, just, you know, wanting to kind of improve myself and um, I already played, you know, many matches this season, so uh, I know that this is just the next one and I kind of, I am able to like work through it. That's scary to hear for the rest of the WTA. Top-ranked American Jesse Pagula looking to make the round of 16 in Madrid for the third straight year, Jim, would have a battle against Marie Boskova. Yeah, she absolutely did. Using the drop shot there combination there with the forehand down the line, she would get to set point. Depth always so important for Pagula. She's such a flat ball striker, and she's able to penetrate the court, keep her opponents at bay. That forehand was brilliant. Into the second set they would go. Again, not much between them here. Great running from Muscova here just to stay in it. But again, the depth from Pagula is just so, I would think, just smothering as an opponent. You just don't get a chance to get on the front foot that much. And what it does is it keeps you at bay a little bit, and the drop shot becomes available for Jesse, which would be a shot of great value in the tiebreak. Four match points. There's the drop shot. Brings her in. Gets the job done again. Doubles as well. Solid day for Jesse. Yeah, we'll have those highlights with Coco Golf coming up later on TC Live. Saved 12 of 14 break points, converted three of her own, and she will play the winner of Martina Trevisan and Alicia Parks. Andrea Parks was averaging more than 13 aces a match this tournament, but today had 13 double faults. Yeah, well, the altitude really helps Alicia Parks' service motion, and it's so good to see her playing well again. She had a rough patch after winning Leon this year. And now, and this is what I like to see from her, that fist bump, that positivity. She tends to get a little despondent when she's losing, and she needs to work on that a little bit. But I'm glad to see her winning again. She's such an exciting player to watch. And Marty Trevisan, she's just such a great clay court player. And the one thing she will not do is miss in the important moments. And in the second set, a much more straightforward story, 6-1. And the little fist bump. She's a very intense person. You do not want to cross her. <laughs> Made the semifinals in Paris last year. Hasn't dropped a set in Madrid. Sets up that big match against Jesse Pagula. Pagula beat Trevisan at the United Cup earlier this year. So that's exciting to see. Iga Sviantek, top of the draw. We'll get Alexandrova in the next round. And you see Krejcikova, former Roland Garros champion, against Petra Martic. And Dasha Kazakina, Veronica Kudermatova. That's a great sweet 16 as well, uh, Andre, you called Iga's match today. Uh, I'm curious how, how big you think the gap is between her and the rest of the WTA, whether that's closing or not. It is. I think it's narrowing. I think the gap has narrowed this year. Last year, she was so dominant. I still think she is the best clay court player because she does need time. We saw it this year, the matchups that seem to hurt her are the, one, the players that play very fast and very flat. That's Rybakina, that's Sabalenka, that's a Jesse Pegula who takes the ball so early and plays so flat. The clay court helps her to create the time she needs to use her forehand and use the angle. So I do think she's still the favorite to win the French Open, but I do feel like the gap has closed and narrowed and she needs to be on her toes. But she's so competitive, which I love, and I think it will push her to get to that next stage that she needs to get to. Yeah, she needs to be greedy right now because mm -hmm. this is where the gap is. The, I totally agree. The gap is greater on this surface than it is on any others. And, and once we get out of here, we're going onto the grass and the hardcore. So get while the getting's good, Iga. I'm sure mm -hmm. she will.
Yeah, yeah, hasn't hasn't made the quarterfinals at Wimbledon, but Roland Garros. That's right. She's a baker on the on the clay. She is a baker. Hasn't lost a clay court match this year. We'll look to get the first title in Madrid for her. A lot more still to come here on TC Lab. We've got Chanda's fan duel pick of the day. Plus, big news on the return of Rafa Nadal. You don't want to miss what his uncle Tony has to say about the 14-time Roland Garros champion playing in Paris. Jim, Andrea, Steve, back on TC Live. A reminder to mark your calendars for the year's next major. It is coming up. Tennis Channel, proud once again to have exclusive daily live coverage of Roland Garros. Don't miss any of the action from the Red Clay in Paris beginning Sunday, May 28th. Andrea will be there. Jim will be there. I'll be there. The whole Tennis Channel team will be there. Time now for our fan duel match preview. Let's see what Chanda did Yesterday, another win. She's on the heater. Three straight wins for Chanda Rubin, Corinne Hatchinoff, coming through in three sets against here. Roberto Betsy. She, she's taking that 10 Chanda bucks up to 12.58. Can I put her in charge of my stock portfolio? She's <laughs> doing very, very well, isn't she? So I agree with that pick. Will I agree yep. with today's pick, you think? So? I don't know. 23 and 10 is the record. Can she get to 24? Alex Dimonor. Over Aslan Karatsev. What do you think, Andre? Well, I think that is a very good pick. I think Deminar is too solid for Karatsev. On the altitude, if Karatsev comes out firing, I think Deminar has the leg power and the calm and patience he needs to take that one tomorrow. Hard agree. Yeah. I hard agree yeah. with RTC Live rookie. I think that's the right <laughs> call for Chanda. I think Karatsev is such a risky player, right? When he's hot, he's hot. Well, Demonor's defense is so good. That's his biggest strength is his speed on court. So, Chanda, we're all with you, I think. Are, are you yeah, ready? no, I'm in. I'm okay. in. And we like the indie picks, right? We yeah, like the indie picks, just oh, yeah. the most random match of the day. But also, do you have to agree with me because I'm a rookie? Is that what they tell That's you? That's what uh, Mark Huskar, producer, was telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I need to agree. A reminder, FanDuel giving all new users 10 times your first bet and bonus bets up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and start making every moment more. Coming up later on the big show, we look ahead to 16-year-old sensation Mira Andreeva taking on Arena Sabalenka for a spot in the quarters. Can the teen dream continue? Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back. Ernest Hemingway once said of Madrid, I have never been to a city where there is less reason to go to bed. Lucky for you, we've got encore coverage from this beautiful city all night long. 
Back to some doubles action from Madrid. We got Coco Goff, Jesse Pagula, the only tennis players in the world, Andrea, currently ranked in the top ten singles and doubles, teaming up against Juju Olmos and Alexandra Panova today. Yeah, throwing it back to the old times when everyone used to play doubles and singles. And I love this for Coco Goff. She has had some bad losses. Her last two losses were really bad. Gaining some confidence in the doubles, I really like that. And look at those hands of Jesse Pegula. I love to see that. And the second set was a little bit easier than the first. They broke once and then they ran away with it. And here we are through to the second round. Pegula uh, keeping up that double duty. Also in the singles fourth round. And quarterfinals here in doubles as that team is just rolling. Uh, we got an all-German matchup, so obviously it, it's the Andrea Petkovic highlight. <laughs> Yannick Hoffman and Daniel Altmaier. Well, and I love that you are, I heard from the producer that you're only showing this because of me, otherwise we wouldn't have been on the show. This is an indie highlight. <laughs> well, and here Yannick Hoffman, unfortunately with that his weaker sure. side, that forehand tends to break down on him. And Altmaier, we know he can play on play, played the fourth round. A few years ago at the French Open, his biggest idol is Stan Wawrinka, and he ran away with the first set. And then look at this beautiful little lob right here to break, and he's fired up. I love the little goatee. Everything is working for him, and the forehand again for Yannick Hoffman, breaking down and Altmaier through. Hoffman loses, but his USC Trojans won the Pac-12 championship yesterday for the fourth straight year. Uh, one day after his 20th birthday, Holger Runa back to work against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Jim, you were calling this one for uh, three hours with Petch. Yeah, listen, we, we noticed early that Runa just wasn't there physically, didn't quite have the snap in his step, and he would uh, drop the opening set pretty meekly in the tiebreak. Uh, Fokina was looking good, wasn't he? Wins that one, seven, six, and, and he was going to have a chance to close in the second set. Was just two points away at 5-4 when Runa was serving, and then Fokina has tightened up. And that tightness allowed Runa to find some room to work, and his backhand came to play, and they would play on into a final set. And that's where it really got interesting. I'm going to bring Andrea in because I know she was watching this one because I said a lot during this third set. What did you think of what was happening out there? Well, I was saying to Steve, the subtext of your commentary today was maybe the best I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, the thing with Davidovich Fokina, he tends to choke on these big occasions. And I guess that's what keeping him apart. But thank goodness he could pull through today. And I wonder what you have to say, Jim, about... Runa's physical condition. I've seen him this season alone cramp or have physical problems at least three or four times. And why is that? He's young. He should be in the best of his years. I know how I felt when I was uh, over 30, but what is going on there? Well, I, I think that he's come a long way, first of all, from when he first came onto the tour. He played Djokovic, kind of went out there saying, I think I can beat Novak. And Novak was going for the calendar slam at the U.S. Open that year. He won the first set, and then he got called out physically and fell apart. We've seen you know, some of the matches like you're talking about where physically he hasn't quite been there. I don't know that it's a lack of work because it no, certainly seems like he so. does yeah. all the work. Does he have his minerals right? I would mm. think they're on top of that. Is he relaxed enough? I know you would recognize that That's sometimes right. the tension that players carry onto the court can rob them of energy. Mm -hmm. Perhaps that has something to do with today. I think this was more the accumulation right. of the Monte Carlo final. 
and the win in Munich last week as well. So he's played a lot of tennis. Mm -hmm. I think ultimately net positive. He loses this match for his chances at Roland Garros. We'll see how that plays out. He, he's got a lot of confidence built up. I think he was born with confidence. Yeah. Yeah, like. <laughs> That's for so sure. I don't mind this loss for him. I would have been a lot more upset uh, for, uh, for Fokina to yeah. have lost this one probably because he would have been absolutely gutted. Instead, he's going to be ecstatic. Yeah, and Fokina with that forehand, right, is such a huge weapon mm. for him. And then when it's important, he just tenses up, gets it too close to his body and tends to miss on it. And we saw it. He didn't opted out for that drop shot whenever he didn't want to hit that forehand. So you should know as your opponent, when somebody's tensing up, run forward. <laughs> the pressure, I, I, that's a big aspect of the game, right? I mean, those touch moments, who can handle it the best. Let's see what's trending on the social net right now. We got big news on Rafa Nadal from his uncle Tony, who had this to say about Nadal, said he will be playing Roland Garros. He'll play in Paris, he'll arrive there, and what he can do in Rome will be important to measure his aspirations at Roland Garros. He's not thinking about retiring. He just wants to recover well and continue competing because he is passionate about this sport. I love to hear that, Jim. What's your reaction to if this? If I could do a cartwheel, I would be doing one right now. But I'm not able to do that anymore. But listen, this is great news for all of us who love tennis and love Nadal. This is Nadal training in his academy, getting ready. If he can be ready to go, he will start favorite, uh, according to me. I don't know if you agree, Andrea, but this guy, if he gets out there best of five, ready to go, who's going to beat him? I love Rafa. He's one of my, always has been one of my favorite players. I do think eventually age catches up with you, and I think we've, we are seeing it with Rafael Nadal since last year. I think we are beginning to see it with Novak Djokovic. Just those little injuries, they are not terrible. They don't take you out for a year, but they creep up. You lose practice days over practice days, and thank God they have the hours in their bodies. They don't need so many practice hours anymore, and obviously Rafa is still the favorite if he appears fit and healthy. But I do think we are finally starting to see a few brittles in the bodies of both Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, unfortunately. Jim, how do you think what he does in Rome will determine how well he does at Roland Garros? Does that not matter to you? Only if there's a setback physically, I think, does it matter. I don't think that this guy in best of three sets is going to make a, a much of a difference. Because he gets to Roland Garros, he's probably not going to have that much of a challenge in the draw in the first couple of matches. And that gives him... Effectively, six sets through the first two rounds. That's like having three matches at a normal tournament to work your way back in. And I think his aura is so great there. Let's face it, the guy's got a statue on the grounds at Roland Garros. You have to deal with that as well if you're playing Rafa. So I, I think if he's healthy, Rome doesn't matter that much to anyone else except for Rafa. Rafa, will, it'll be important for him but it really shouldn't be at this stage of his career. 112-3. and three. I mean, What else can you say? There's only two humans on the planet that have ever beaten the man at Roland Garros. Taking a look at our schedule Monday. Coverage starts 5 a.m. Eastern. We also have coverage on Valley Sports and T2 beginning three hours after that. Got you covered on TC Live and then encore coverage all night long. Down, uh, we're going to break some matches down when we come back on TC Live. How about that? Sabalenka, Andreeva, don't go anywhere. It's that time, hot shot of the day, Jim. Uh, this was amazing. Yeah, they turned this one up to 11 because that's how loud they can take it. My goodness, the, the firepower coming off the racket only is outdone by the firepower and the speed of Alcaraz. How does he extend these rallies? 
Dimitrov must be wondering what the heck just happened. I won this point three times, didn't I? Not when you've got Carlitos on the other side of the net. And if that volley comes over, Carlitos gets it. He's there. I mean, let's, be, let's be real. He's there. And the, <laughs> the crowd point noise, extends. crowd noise is lifting with every single shot. Featured matches on a Monday. We've got some good ones. How about Bedosa and Sakari? Taylor Fritz and Jesse Pagula, the two top-ranked Americans in action. Stefano Tsitsipas and then Alexandrova and Iga Sviatek. For a preview, let's head back to the Magic Box with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back at our FanDuel desk. Be Mira Andreva, she is now 16 years old, and she's been sensational at this tournament, running into one of the hottest players on tour in Arena Sabalenka. What should we expect? Well, first look, I think she's going to absolutely cherish the opportunity, and, and she doesn't seem like someone who's, who's lacking any kind of confidence, and not a loud, obnoxious confidence, but just a real quiet self-belief that's the key to all her success. She's got a lot of feel around the court and this great inside-out backhand. Love to see her mix up the pace a little bit, throw in some drop shots, try to move Sabalenka around. I just think Sabalenka is just kind of playing on a different planet right now, and Andriva needs to grow into this win. Would love to be surprised, though. It's going to be a Manic Monday action here in Madrid. Looking forward to it. Can't wait for Manic Monday. I mean, that's good stuff. Let's talk some more about that matchup. The, the, the newly turned 16-year-old, Andrieva, yes. she said, listen, I'm, I'm going to play free. There's no pressure on me. It's all on Sabalenka. Well, what's impressed you the most about what she's been able to do in Madrid? Oh, her maturity. Her maturity has been outstanding. She was patient. She played the short balls when she needed to, aggressive. She stayed in the rallies when she needed to. And just the mature shot selection that she's displayed has been really incredible. And obviously her interview was just so charming. <laughs> so I'm so glad we have a new face on tour. Exciting. She checks all the boxes, but Arena Sabalenka yeah. is Arena Sabalenka for a reason. I mean, can she do it? Can she win this match? This would be something if, if the player who lost in the finals of the Aussie Junior Girls beats the Aussie Women's Champion. <laughs> yeah, that would, would be, be something, crazy. Right? How about that? But she's oh coming up God. against big firepower in Sabalenka. But with that firepower comes risk mm -hmm. for Arena. And, and we all know playing an altitude can be challenging to control. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Yeah, that's going to be something special to watch. we got Taylor Fritz in action against Christian Guerin. They have played before. They played on clay. Houston yeah. clay. A yep. little bit different. It went yep. to Guerin. What does Fritz need to do in this match? He needs to go uh, nuclear because Guerin has found his form again. He'd been missing for a little while, but he's back. But Taylor's got that new strategy that Andy Roddick highlighted in TC Live yesterday where he's standing a little deeper to return serves and allowing himself a chance to move forward after the serve so he's not scrambling backwards where he loses his footing. So that's been a good change for him. I like Taylor in this match, but I don't think I feel that confident about it. It could be a really close one. What do you interesting. think? It's interesting, and it's so interesting that you talk about that depth where he stands now on, re on the return position. I really love that Taylor is one of the few men on the ATP tour who does attack the second serves, but mm -hmm. obviously the clay court is much different, and you need to give yourself the space to get into the rally. The, the rallies are longer, and I'm really excited. I love Taylor Fritz. He's, Taylor Fritz has impressed me so much, and it's just been so good to watch his competitiveness. I like that feistiness. That yeah, you know what else is also great? Having the space we have here allows us to kind of indulge ourselves. Steve Weissman <laughs> needs to know a little bit more about your dance moves. So oh, okay. Please engage us with a little Petco dance and see if Steve can get in the mix. I will step aside. <laughs> we, leave you guys it's all Andrea. No, no, the no, screen no, no. is yours. I'm just happy that my leather pants get some airtime. That's the only thing I'm excited about. <laughs>
There we go. We end the show with a victory, a Petco dance for the win. Gotta love to see that. A great debut. Oh, thank you very much. She was fantastic. <laughs> well, we'll do it again tomorrow. Why not? We'll have Wertheim on the show as well. Thanks for watching TC Live, everyone.